before the players leave it all on the field each game day. These guys are in the film room perfecting the game plan. For the next hour, we're taking you behind the scenes with Ty Detmer, Elisa Tuiaki, and Ed Lamb. It's intercepted! The Cougars have it! Touchdown! It's the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner at JCW's on ESPN 960 and the new skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. Now here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. After a thrilling 18-16 win over the Arizona Wildcats Saturday in Glendale, we are back with you on ESPN 964, the Coordinator's Corner. BYU fans here, let's hear it. Big win on the weekend. Greg Rubel with BYU's offensive coordinator, Ty Detmer, coming up at the bottom of the hour. BYU's special teams coordinator, assistant head coach, Ed Lamb, will be with us. So, Coach Detmer for the first half hour, Coach uh, Lamb the second half hour. Your questions for the coaches coming in on the BYU football Facebook page or on Twitter using the hashtag CCBYU. It is the Cougars 1-0 after beating Arizona down at the University of Phoenix Stadium. Coach Detmer, welcome to the program for week number two, and congratulations on uh, a great start to the Kalani Sitaka era with his new staff. And uh, it may have been a little tighter than we would have liked it at the end, but you certainly will take that result. That was uh, was fantastic. Yeah, I told uh, my dad, I'm like, there's a lot of teams right now that would love to win just by two. And so <laughs> um, we, we felt good with the effort. Um, there's a lot of things we can clean up. Felt like, you know, we missed some opportunities that we had to keep drives alive uh, that, you know, may or may not have resulted in more points. And so we uh, – Typical first week, you know, you got some kinks to work out, but um, felt really good with the effort and, and uh, Jamal. Man, it's it makes a big, big difference having him back in there right now. Always nice to learn from the mistakes with a win, right? And and that's what you guys picked up. <laughs> it is, you know, but sometimes that win, you know, overshadows some of the mistakes that you made, and so we made those corrections this morning with the players and and uh, coach them up. And and a lot of times, you know, some of that's just uh, first game jitters. Uh, you know, not not have with the new system. You got to kind of, you know, understand the concept a little better. And, and so, you know, feel really good, though, um, to be able to come out with a win and, and then be able to make those adjustments and hopefully clean it up for next week. What were some of the general uh, cleanups you wanted to make when you got with the guys today? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we had some uh, – pre-snap penalties that uh, one of them brought back a, a big run by Jamal. Um, and so some of that we got to tighten up a little bit with the crowd noise and things, especially going into Utah this week. And then uh, just being a little sharper on, on our, our run blocks and, and being sharper on who we're going to and, and where our fits are there. So um, I felt overall, you know, we we're really efficient and uh, just, you know, tightening the screws a little tighter each week um, will help us just uh, be that much more. On the O-line in particular, there were some guys playing at the FBS level for the first time. How would you say that the new guys uh, specifically did on that uh, on that front five? Uh, I thought they did well for that first outing. You can tell, you know, adjusting to that speed and a little more of that uh, at that level um, was there early on. But um, for the most part, you know, they, they handled their own and they went out and played aggressive. And, and uh, as the game went on, got better and stronger and, and a better feel for it. So... Uh, feel like you know the the new guys that we have really kind of stepped up, and you know you got Jonah Treneman out there on the outside as well that really had a nice game for us, and so um, all those guys really came in and just played football, and that's what we wanted them to do is, is just because the level's a little different, just go play and execute. It was a really efficient day for Taysom Hill, a tremendous day for Jamal Williams. So those those two marquee guys get a lot of attention. 
Not sure everyone had uh, Braden Elbakri scoring the first touchdown <laughs> of the season, however. They should have known a fullback, you know. <laughs> I mean, Kalani called that play. And, uh, no, um, you know, it, it was great to see him get in the end zone. That guy just works hard and does everything you ask him to do. And it just happened to be he was in the rotation with Algie at fullback. And I look up, and, and there's Braden lined up to, <laughs> to get a carry. And it's like, all right, let's see what we got here. So uh, it's, it's always good to get more people involved because it's going to help you down the road just where – Teams can't key on certain guys. BYU controls most of that game, and then yet there it is. Arizona takes its first lead about 90 seconds to go, and I started having flashbacks to Nebraska last year. There was BYU in a similar situation, <laughs> down late, having to go uh, you know, down the field to, to, to find, you know, find a way to get a win, and that's exactly what happened. You weren't with the team last year, but you know how last year went, and it turned out a very similar way. It was, uh, you know, and, and that was one of the disappointing things on, from the coaching side is we really felt like we dominated the line of scrimmage and and uh, we, we should have finished more drives with more points, and we didn't do that. And so in turn, we gave them a chance and left the door open. And uh, fortunately, we've got a veteran team, veteran quarterback behind there that uh, two-minute drill with two timeouts and, and a great kickoff return to get us to the 31, I think, to start that drive uh, you know, you got to have the right players in the right place, and fortunately right now we do. Veteran team, yes, veteran quarterback, freshman kicker, however. <laughs> and so here it is, the last drive of the game, and we honestly didn't know who was going to take a kick if there was a kick to be taken. And uh, it, did you know when the drive was going was occurring that he'd be the guy? No, I didn't hear any chatter. I, you know, I'm focused on the play calling, and so I don't know if they were on the defensive channel and, and communicating who, who was going to take that kick or if Ed Lamb. Luckily, we get to find out here later what, the, what happened there. <laughs> right. But, um, you know, I, I don't know when that decision was made or, or uh, all those things. So I just I look out there, and all of a sudden Jake's standing out there, and it was like, all right, here we go. Um, but I know Coach Lamb had a ton of confidence in him. Uh, going into that game and just every every staff meeting we had and we go through special teams, he had nothing but positive things to say about him. Well, uh, whether it's on Facebook or on Twitter, and by the way, the fast Facebook questions uh, come from the BYU Football Facebook page, and we're also live on Facebook Live right now, so you can watch us every week on Facebook Live via BYU Football, or if you tweet us the questions, uh, hashtag CCBYU. A lot of folks ask the same question, so I can't pick out one person to identify, but a lot of people wanted to know, what you were saying to Jake Oldroyd, because uh, during during the icing when they when they called the timeout, apparently you shared some words. Yeah, he's you know he's a kid that I reached out to. Um, they sent an email when we first got the job about him wanting to come and be a, have a chance to kick for us, and so I reached out to the family and then kind of turned it over to Ed and. I said, Ed, it's your your area. You know, if we need a kicker, this kid's out there, and he plays at a really good program at South Lake Carroll, and which is Texas. People need to right. know it's kind of a, a big program yeah, down there. I mean, yeah. they got they got uh, luxury boxes in their stadium, so this <laughs> is. I mean, they play big time there, and uh, so I just went out to him and was like, Hey, it's just like South Lake, you know, it's Texas style right here, <laughs> you know, and and just tried to lighten the mood for him a little bit because I'm I'm sure it was going in his head, but he was in his zone. He just kind of like. You know, smiled, but that was kind of it. You know, he was ready to go. He was wearing the South Lake shoes, too. He had his South Lake cleats on. <laughs> yeah. Somebody mentioned that in practice, and we were all like, kickers can wear whatever they want. They, <laughs> a lot of times they get what's comfortable, and they've, you know, I played with guys in the NFL that some of these guys had shoes for, they were 10 years old that they were still kicking in. So it's like whatever color he wants to wear, we're good with. I'm pretty sure that uh, Mick Hill, BYU's equipment guy, is making sure that if Jake wants <laughs> 
different blue and white cleats this week. He's got his selection, right? I hope he doesn't. I mean, <laughs> Stay the with green. the Yeah, why change right yeah, now? Yeah, green is the color of money, and, <laughs> and, and he was money on Saturday uh, in Glendale. Jake Oldroyd with that 33-yard game winner at the very end. There were still four seconds left. I talked to Kalani about that, and you know, I asked him about his, his emotions at that moment. And yeah, he's pretty pumped up. He said, but first I was worrying about getting everybody on the sidelines, making sure we didn't get a penalty, and then we still have one more play to go. What were you thinking? Same thing. You know, I, I was out there grabbing guys, pulling them off, because, you know, we've all been in that situation where you over-celebrate, and now you're kicking off from the 20, and they get field position and a potential Hail Mary opportunity. All right, we are with Ty Detmer. It is the coordinator's corner. We're at ESPN960sports.com on ESPN960 and Facebook Live. We are at JCW's in Provo. This is the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner. We're back with more from Ty Detmer. Your questions, too, as we continue on ESPN960. Thanks for being with us. Hey, this is Chris from JCW. The Coordinator's Corner is powered by Legend Solar. Online at legendsolar.com. Let's get back out to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, at JCW's on ESPN 960 and the new skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. Go ahead. This is the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner. We're live at JCW's in Provo. Great to have you with us, folks. We're here every Monday from 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock with uh, two of the three coordinators every week. First half hour today, Ty Detmer. Second half hour, Ed Lamb. Great to have you along here at JCW's, where until 1 o'clock today, the Oreo mini shakes are only $2. Now, we say mini shakes. The mini's not that mini. The mini's a really good size. So the Oreo mini shakes, there we go. It's in front of the camera on Facebook Live. The Oreo mini shakes, only $2 until 1 o'clock today. Do take advantage of that. It is the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner. Legend Solar is the official solar provider of BYU Athletics. Schedule your free solar consultation and own your own power today at legendsolar.com, a SunPower Elite dealer. To Facebook for a question for Coach Detmer. Uh, Jordan Naylor, uh, this one's actually from Twitter. We'll get to Facebook in a second. On Twitter he asked, will Ty be using chapstick for good luck every game. I got more <laughs> chapstick questions than I know what to do with this week. I know. My nephew, Coy, he was hitting me up on the bus, like, making fun of my – he saw something on Twitter and they'd already put it on there. I'm like, you know, I mean, your lips are chapped. You <laughs> sore. You put a little chapstick on. So I didn't – I didn't realize it would be that big a deal on the sideline to get caught putting chapstick on. It's funny. I was, uh, I'm was i in the booth calling the game. I'm busy calling the game. And for some reason, I glanced down at the monitor. We have a live monitor uh, for the feed, uh, the TV feed. And for whatever reason, there was a shot of Ty going to the chapstick. And I thought, well, he's really uh, he's aggressive with the chapstick here. It's dry. I mean, Arizona, Utah. I mean, I'm used to a little humidity in the air. I don't I don't remember putting it on much in Texas, but here. so will, will this uh, will this continue to be a root? Will the chapstick be in the pocket this weekend? I carry it everywhere I go, so it'll be in the pocket. I never leave home without it. Do you have it right now? <laughs> I do. Let's show the folks here, just so Ty's being legit here. All right. There is a chap- cherry, cherry chapstick. All right. So the preferred flavor is cherry chapstick. So for those wanting to send a gift package to the football offices, know that's a, <laughs> that's what he goes for. Uh, Adam Young on uh, Facebook asking, asking, it seemed the only thing slowing down uh, the run game was penalties. Do you feel these were first game jitters, new personnel, or a combination? And uh, how do you prepare your team, O line and tight ends in particular, to get ready for the Utes and their stout defensive line? Yeah, um, I think the the penalties, um, you know, Jonah had one down at the end, just an effort play, trying to make a block down the field to, to seal the touchdown. And uh, those, you know, are going to happen when you coach it up and, and kind of show them on film, like probably didn't need it right then. Um, that That's a different type of penalty than a false start. Or yeah, I think we uh, Tanner Baldry started to go a little too soon with the silent count. And so 
Um, some of that's just first time working it and hanging in there and, and not being too aggressive or too eager to go do your responsibility, and that brought back another long win from Jamal. So um, overall, I thought we were pretty clean, though. We didn't have any holding calls. We were uh, we were pretty good up front with our, our technical part of it. We just got to clean up kind of the pre-snap stuff. Taysom Hill had a really efficient day. In fact, it was one of his top 10 pass efficiency numbers at BYU. Uh, 21 for 29, 202 touchdown, uh, no picks. Uh, ran enough to make plays. In fact, uh, I think he converts five third downs on the ground, and three of them came in the fourth quarter when it was most important for you. How would you overall assess uh, Taysom's game? Yeah, Taysom played really well. Um, there's always a couple things you'd like to have back or a couple couple looks, but um, for the most part, he had a great day. Um, he ran the offense and did what was asked, and, and uh, you know, just like I said, going in, him being back there kind of adds another dimension to it that teams can't just wash down and, and play the run every play. They've got to stay home and and when they don't, he made good decisions and got outside and protected himself enough to where you, you felt like, uh, you know, he knew where trouble was coming from and could get his legs up out of it if he needed to or, or get to the sideline. 21 for 29, could have been 23 or 24. A couple of balls would he put in the right place that didn't uh, didn't result in completions, but I thought he was really accurate. Yeah, he was. He, uh, you know, he didn't miss much, and so that's what you want to see, and and that's the way he's played the last couple of years. You know, he he really got a bad rap his freshman year as being very inaccurate. But part of it, I think, was trying to do the zone read, flip your hips and throw balls and, and not having your feet set. And when he's able to set his feet, he's as accurate as anybody. How would you uh, assess his work as a runner on uh, Saturday? It was good. It was enough to, to get us, you know, where we needed to be. And, and those third down conversions, uh, you know, giving him the option to kind of read that edge um, helps. And, and they make a mistake and he makes them pay. And so um, it was it was about the right amount. He scrambled a couple times on, on uh, you know, pass protection where he got out and the first uh, conversion was just a physical run where it's third and three, I think, and he barrels up in there and you can see him peek at the sideline and then dives forward to make sure he gets it. And, and so those types of things, uh, those are the ones as a coordinator you kind of cringe on when he's, he's being physical and the other ones he was outside and, and able, like I said, to, to see where trouble was coming from and then be able to get away from it or get out of bounds. On, the, on a play like that, though, I, I, I recalled what he told us on Kalani's show last Tuesday night. He says, uh, I know the drill. I want to protect myself, but if it's third and short, I'm getting the first down. Yeah, and that's what you want. I mean, I, I didn't – my quote on there was, great job getting the first down. That was my coaching point to him on that play. And so um, that's what you expect. You get down close to the goal line, you expect the quarterback to try to get in. They're not going to go slide on the one. Uh you go dive in and try to get it. So he's just a competitor, and, and that's what you want out of a quarterback. You mentioned Jonah Trineman a little earlier, and we need to go back to him because it's his first game at this level, first game at uh, FBS and playing for BYU. And there he was uh, leading BYU in catches with six and, and yards with 49 and uh, looked pretty good out there. Yeah, we took a deep shot. Thought probably was pass interference watching yeah, the film again. Thought the same um, thing. You know, we had a similar call against us earlier in the yep. game and didn't get the call, but uh, that's what he brings to the table. He's a guy that he forces them to play off a little bit. Bit. And so the underneath stuff was was there for him, and and then we took our shot and probably should have got at least a PI. And so um, he's done really well coming in, learning the offense, and really starting to get a feel for it. Tight end position gave you four grabs, 34 yards. Pleased? Yeah, yeah. We they did everything we asked them to do. They they uh, graded out pretty high on their their uh, effort and and uh, in the past game with what they were asked to do. Um, you know they did a great job of blocking down, selling 
some of the play action and the bootleg out to them. So uh, feel really good with those guys, and uh, we'll continue to see them be a big part of what we do. Coordinators Corner is live on Facebook Live, also on ESPN 960. Mondays 12 to 1, Coach Lamb is coming up at the bottom of the hour. Every week we'll give you two of the three coordinators. Uh, this week it's Coach Detmer in the first half hour, Coach Lamb in the uh, second half hour, Ed, of course, the special teams quarter and assistant head coach. We'll get a really broad perspective on things from Ed. A couple of questions before the break, uh, one from Facebook and one from Twitter. Uh, Jason Ford asking on Facebook, what is one thing going up against Utah that would keep a coach awake at night, and what do you do to Let's counter it? After these questions. Well, they've got a really good defensive line. Uh, you know, they're – defensively is the strength of their team and so they're they're very good they're aggressive they play man press and uh, they're just gonna force you to really be sharp and so uh, you know the, the things we got to do is is just what we got to do every week is just execute and be on point with what we do so they're the type of team that you know they can get pressure with four and so you've got to be protection conscious but at the same time you want to get people out into the route and so there's that that fine line between uh, not protecting yourself and and then not having enough guys out in the route to get guys open. So um, you just got to go in with the plan to mix it and, and uh, pick your shots and, and take them. Okay, Greg Arnold on uh, Twitter using hashtag CCBYU. Uh, Jamal, by the way, uh, ran it 29 times for buck 62. He asks, do you see Jamal getting that many touches every game? Or will Squally and perhaps Algie get more touches going forward? Yeah, we, we mixed Algie in there um, for – you know, a series and had had a squally in there at times, and so we'll see we'll see them. You know, as we go, uh, maybe a little more depending on the situation. But um, Saturday was you know a case where Jamal was was seeing it, he was feeling it, yep. and so uh, we rested him at times. I, I felt like we had a pretty good plan for him by the end of the game. You know, he had 29 carries, quite a few, um, but I still felt like he still had a bunch in the tank and and would have been fine. So. Um, we'll, we'll see a, a mix of those three, you know, as we go forward. Yeah, he was doing so well that when he did rest, people were wondering why is he not in the game, and he ends <laughs> up with 29 carries. So you said you want to have something in the tank by the end of the game. I know. So, he, you know, he's the type of guy, though, that he's never going to pull himself out. So we got to do a good job of doing that ourselves and then, uh, you know, maybe picking our spots. But, you know, when you're play action, you want him in there because he is the threat of the run. And so we don't want to get predictable with who's in, who's not for – different times of the game. Question from Twitter as we head to break about what you thought about the runoff, 10-second runoff penalty at the very end of the game. BYU did have a timeout left, which made the uh, – made you know, you still got to keep playing. Yeah, you know, people ask me about that, uh, you know, family members and things. I'm like, if, had we not had a timeout, we wouldn't have been doing what we were doing anyway. Um, we would have been probably run a play and, and clocked it and, and brought the field goal unit in a little quicker uh, just to make sure we didn't take any chances. So we knew where we were at situationally um felt like you know probably i needed to do a little better job of controlling that part of it you know whether to run that last play or not because um, had we run it you look at it and you're like okay we had about eight seconds uh we we should have been fine but you never know what's going to happen so uh, i needed to do a little better job of communicating and part of that's probably first time uh being in that situation at that time not being the head coach where right. you're, you're in control of it the whole whole way and and, you know, start picking Kalani's brain a little sooner um, with, with what we want to do. All's well that ends well, and it ended really well in Glendale. Legend Solar is proud to sponsor BYU football. Schedule your free consultation today and find out how much more you can save at legendsolar.com, a SunPower Elite dealer. We are live at JCW's in Provo, and this is the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner on ESPN 960 and Facebook Live back after this. 
special teams coordinator, assistant head coach Ed Lamb coming up at the bottom of the hour. If you're looking for a place to take the family before or after the game, stop into JCW's right here with their huge menu of burgers, wings, salads, and more. Everyone gets what they want. JCW's, the Burger Boys, quality and a lot of it in Lehigh, American Fork, Provo, where we are, and in South Jordan. All right, Ty, it's BYU and Utah. It's your first BYU-Utah week in a while. Um, did the vibe feel any different to you uh, when you guys got together this morning? No, really didn't. Um, you know, I think after a late return uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning, uh, <laughs> all the coaches, you know, you, you start watching film on Sunday and, and starting to get an idea what you're looking at. But, you know, for, I think for us, it's you're attacking a defense and a scheme, and it, it really doesn't doesn't affect you like who that is at that time you're just looking at scheme and so um, I've always had great appreciation for the Whittinghams and I played with Freddie and and uh, I've always rooted for them to, to do well and I think it's great for the state of Utah when when all the teams in Utah do well and win big games and so um, this is you know obviously a rivalry a lot more with the fans probably more so than with the coaches because of the relationships we've had with some of those guys but um, at the end of the day you're attacking a scheme and you're attacking you know, just numbers out there and not so much people. We um, asked Ty to Taysom Hill about this in the post game, and it was about the huddle that BYU now uses more often than not. And uh, Taysom said after, you know, three or four seasons of running the tempo and the go fast, go hard, he really appreciated the ability to, um, he said, kind of calm guys down from play to play and look each other in the eye. He said guys build confidence from that little gathering uh your thoughts on, on that perspective that you had there i definitely think that's the case um you know it, it's lost a little bit in football now that part of the quarterback being the leader in the huddle or the center uh while the quarterback stepped away getting the call um uh, somebody in that huddle stepping up and, and letting people know what the situation is and and then when the quarterback steps in and gives the play and you know a little hey you know this is a big play let's get it you know um give a little coaching point in there uh, that's a little bit lost in the hurry-up stuff. And, and not that the hurry-up doesn't work. Obviously, it does. Um, but I, I really enjoy that part of it as a quarterback, having that opportunity just to take five seconds with the guys in there and, and uh, just show that, you know, everything's okay. So, and Taysom is the perfect guy to be doing that right now, just, you know, natural leader. And, and uh, it's fun for those guys to be able to see him step in there with that confidence yeah. that he has. You said it would be this way, too, that um, there would be times when you when you tempo it up, and you guys did that Saturday versus uh, Arizona. Yeah, we, we snuck it in there a few times just, uh, you know, where we felt like we had them on their heels a little bit and then uh, try to keep them out of some of the, the stunning and, and slanting and some of the things they were doing uh, pre-snap. And so uh, I felt like, you know, our guys did a great job of executing that and being on the ball. Obviously, we know they can do that because that's what they've done the last few years, but uh, to, to all of a sudden mix it and tempo a team, uh, I think puts them on their heels a little bit and unsure what's coming. Now, Arizona hasn't had the toughest non-conference schedules under Rich Rod since he's been there, but they'd never lost a non-conference game in the regular season. Uh, they, they averaged about 38 points a game in their openers. They, they'd never scored fewer than 24 against any non-Pac-12 team. So what you guys did uh, you know, against a really potent offense was, was keep that offense off the field a lot by what you guys did on offense. Your possession time was plus 15, almost plus 16 minutes. Yeah, one of the great things about our staff is just the communication we have with, with all aspects of the game. So we sit down as coordinator, special team coordinator, defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, and kind of go through 
what the keys to the game are. And, and for them, it was limiting number of plays. So that puts more on the offensive shoulders to uh, keep drives going and, and to keep them off the field. And so with that communication we had during the week and, and understanding their side of the ball and what they're seeing and, and vice versa, what, what we're seeing and what we feel like we can do, I think puts the whole plan in place. So, you know, it's a tribute to Kalani, not just have an offense over here. You do your thing and defense over here. You know, we're playing to win the game. And uh, we're not we're not just going out there and trying to put stats up on a board. And so we can say we're the number one ranked offense in the country, yet we're putting our defense on the field 40 more snaps than they need to be. So it's a concerted effort. And uh, that was the plan going in was to, to try to – Ball control, we felt like we could run the ball against them a little bit and uh, keep their offense off the field. And, I mean, it was 37 minutes to 22 minutes, and mm -hmm. we ran 76 plays doing that. So the, the hurry up to have to guys. run 90 plays a game and, and isn't really there. You can run 80, 90 plays a game being in a huddle and, and doing it a different way. I'd have to go back through uh, all four years of Arizona under Rich Rod to see this, but I don't know that there will be too many games where they ran – uh, fewer than 56 plays. That's a go-fast, go-hard team that, that, that snapped 56 times, and you guys were 76. It's plus 20 there. It's plus 15, plus 16 in, in, in time of possession, and it was a big, big factor by the end of the night. Coach Ed Lamb is here. He's coming up uh, after the bottom of the hour. We're going to have Coach Lamb have a seat real quickly. We're going to put the headset on just for a quick cameo before we uh, take our break. We're going to tease Coach Lamb here into the next segment. But uh, in addition to that possession time, plays run the whole thing, Zero turnovers is as important as anything else you guys did probably on, on Saturday night. Yeah, and, you know, the defense got three, so we felt really good um, that we got three turnovers from the defense, and, and that that's part of limiting their number of plays. Defense got off the field. We were able to stay on the field. I think our average drive had 7.6 plays per drive, I, I read. So uh, the turnovers, anytime you get field position, man, you, you feel really good as a coordinator that you're able just to – now, now you can take your shots and do all those things that you feel good about. Coach Ed Lamb, anything you'd like to add to what Ty's been giving us? Oh, I've, I've only listened to the last couple of minutes here as I was making the, the drive over. But, yeah, Ty, I think hit on a really key point in that they, you know, Kalani has the coordinators meet together and talk about how offensively, defensively, and, and with the kicking game, we, we want to help each other, supplement field position. Our offense um, never stalled out deep in our own end. Therefore, we were able to punt. We did one it. time. <laughs> <laughs> Good correction. And, and, uh, and that's why, you know, the punt team was able to put the ball down there. And defense, you know, generally started with, with Arizona backed up. And that was just a, a part of the game that, that may be lost on most people is the difference in average starting field position. Well, I, I, that's one I focused really closely on. It was plus nine. Yeah. And uh, when BYU's plus five or better, the win rate is in the 90s. And so it, it's one of the key factors over over time over a long period of time all right we're going to cut ty loose we're going to bring in coach ed lamb for the next half hour folks give it up for ty detmer we'll continue with the legend solar coordinators corner from jcw's on espn 960 congratulations byu's special teams coordinator safeties coach assistant head coach ed lamb and we are here brought to you by Legend Solar. Owning your own solar power is easy and affordable with Legend Solar, official solar provider of BYU Athletics. Schedule your free consultation at legendsolar.com and start saving today. Coach Lamb, welcome to the program for the first time this season. Oh, thank you. Great to be here. You guys come in off a real high, 18-16, uh, to 16, the win over Arizona on Saturday. And so nice that we have the special teams coordinator on today because a lot of the focus after Saturday was on how the special teams performed in the final eight seconds of the game. 
all the all the questions I got on Facebook and Twitter were, when did you know that Jake Oldroyd was going to be the guy taking that kick if you got in a position to kick? Oh, I had committed to him actually at halftime. We had, uh, you know, in the in the first half there, we had a, a shaky looking field goal that was good, but a PAT that missed. And um, it's it's like any position. I think sometimes um, we we want to treat kickers and quarterbacks like they're like they're different and special and and fragile. And and I just don't think that's the case. So you know, I went to the next guy just as he would a, if an offensive guard or. a a defensive tackle was kind of, you know, not playing to their full potential. I went to the next guy and said, the next kick we have, you've got. And that happened to be with four seconds left and, and for the game. Now, you traveled a lot of guys. Uh, who, when did guys find out who was going to be on the travel list from a kicker standpoint? Um, we finalized that on Thursday. Before that, it, there was a kind of a, a, a majority group i'd say 97 percent of the travel squad was finalized and then we had some guys what we call in the bullpen and those guys just have to be on alert and uh it, toward the end there it looked like that we would need all hands on deck as far as place kickers between the, the kickoff duties long field goal duties short field goal duties so johnny linehan handles the punting that's yes. taken care of yeah. Rhett allman traveled he can do both that's right Corey Edwards traveled. He kicked off some. Jake Oldroyd traveled, and he, of course, kicked off and kicked that last field goal. Who else was on the on the trip? Was that it? Andrew Mickelson. Mickelson did go. Yep. yep. He was uh, available and ready and has been doing a good, really good job through training camp of kicking the ball deep on kickoff. So he's another guy that we have. For an FBS team, it's a lot of guys to carry right now, isn't it? It sure is. That's one. You know, there, there are some disadvantages to not being in a conference, and uh, one of the advantages is we, at, at any time during the season, uh, to my knowledge, we don't have a travel squad limitation. Now, Jake Oldroyd, had he not torn his meniscus on day three of camp, might have just gone through camp to where he earned it and he would have been the guy going into the season opener. Who knows? But it didn't turn out that way. He returns on Monday of game week to then get himself back in the mix. Now that he's done what he's done, how do you stand on your kind of uh, place-kicking depth chart? That, that right now, Jake is, Jake's got the momentum, and uh, it, it's like every position. It's open during the week to um, competition, and we'll find out who's – who's training well and who's doing the best job there. But Jake will go into this week as the starting guy. And, and as I've told uh, Rhett, we're going to need him. So he needs to keep his chin up and be ready for the time that he's needed. Will you try and use Jake for uh, everything from PAT to field goal to kickoff to long, everything right now? You know, one of the um, advantages of, of having a left-footed kickoff guy is that it's really hard for the kickoff return team to set up their returns. Um, or at least they would have to do some kind of a check with me on the sideline based on which kicker we have in. So definitely still plan to use Corey and Jake and uh, you know, potentially Mickelson as well. Okay. Uh, people saw Ty Detmer talking with uh, Jake Oldroyd during the icing timeout, and, and Ty told us that he had told Jake just uh, – Think of South Lake. It's just like South Lake High School. Yeah. Just go out and do the Texas thing. Uh, did you have any uh, conversations with Jake during that final drive? Oh, my, my conversations were uh, leading up to that drive. And then uh, the only thing I, I told him is, is uh, when the drive started, I went right over and said, there's no doubt we're going to score here, and you're going to have to make two field goals because they're going to ice you on the first one. <laughs> and uh, when, they, you know, when they tried to ice him on the timeout, they didn't time it up just perfectly, and so we never got the first kick off. But he came over and said, looks like I've only got to make one. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's easy at that yeah. point. Uh, BYU was uh, would have been nice had the Cougars gotten into the end zone at some point during that drive, but was the plan to play it safely enough to make sure that that was going to be the, uh, uh, the, the culmination, a field goal attempt? Yes, I think there's a balance. Um, we did try to get, with the benefit of the timeout, we tried to get that last uh, running play off and, and turned out we had, had a penalty and had to use the timeout in a, in a little different fashion than right. maybe we scripted it. But, um, yeah, the, the idea is to 
just become more conservative in, in terms of how much you're putting the ball in the air as you get into the high red zone and into field goal range. And then, and then on those last couple of shots, we were hoping maybe to break a touchdown run. Going into game week, what percentage of guys on your team would you say knew who Jake Oldroyd was? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a really good question. Um, my, my best guess would be a third of the team. Yeah. And then by the end of the night, there they are putting him uh, at the head of the group to sing the fight song in front yeah. of the fans. It's yeah. quite a week for him. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a big week, and, and uh, I, I, my sense is that he can really handle that. I've been, I've been impressed with him since day one and also in our conversations in recruiting him and, and the way he showed up early during the summer and did work on his own with the other specialists. He's really committed to his craft and kind of an unshakable personality. We talked to him after the game, and, yeah, the personality came out. I really enjoyed talking to him in the postgame conversation. We learned so many fun facts about him, uh, you know, from the fact, you know, from, the, from not having, you know, missed a field goal in high school to not uh, or not missing a PAT in high school to not kicking field goals as a senior in high school. It had been two years since he kicked a field goal in yeah. a game. Yeah. And so all these things kind of come out, and then, Mission Papers, I guess, went in yesterday, yeah. and, and uh, so we learn a lot about this guy that not a lot of folks knew about. That's one of the beauties of sport is you have a story like this just kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. And to get to know these young guys, and he's at such a developmental stage in his life, as all of our players are, but, but to be a freshman and, and right, right out of high school and now experiencing all this, it'll be, a, it'll be a really great experience for all of us as a staff and as teammates to get to know these young guys as they as they go through the first season. We said that a number of times on the postgame show, but because this is the first season for this staff together with these guys, I was just happy for you guys, happy for the team, but happy for the staff to get the result that just kicks it off uh, in the most positive fashion possible. Uh, again, scripting-wise, who knows how one would have scripted it, but uh, tough to find a more pleasing outcome to what went down on game one. It's all about outcomes. I mean, for professors... At BYU, they've got to be published to earn credibility. And for coaches, we've got to win. And it's a bottom line business. It's important for that uh, for our players that we establish credibility. And, and starting off with a win is, is huge for all of us. Assistant head coach, safeties coach, and special teams coordinator Ed Lamb is our guest. It is the coordinator's corner. Every week, Mondays, 12 to 1 here at JCW, you get two of BYU's three coordinators. Next week, it'll be Coach Lamb and Coach Tuiaki with you. We, this is the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner. We're at JCW's in Provo. We're back with more on ESPN 960 and Facebook Live. This fall. The Coordinator's Corner is powered by Legend Solar, Utah's premier solar provider. Now let's send it back to JCW's and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, on ESPN 960 in the new skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. Good. Live at JCW's in Provo. Welcome back to the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner. Greg Rubel with Ed Lamb, BYU Special Teams Coordinator, Assistant Head Coach and Safeties Coach, and Legend Solar is proud to sponsor BYU football. Schedule your free consultation today and find out how much you could save at legendsolar.com, a SunPower Elite dealer. You can ask questions of Coach Lamb via Twitter using hashtag CCBYU or on Facebook, the BYU Football Facebook page. We are on Facebook Live. Uh, Keith Roton has a question for Coach Lamb, and he asks, I noticed subbing in Takenaka and Hadley together for Nakua and Hanneman multiple times. The reasoning behind that, and does that continue? Um, yes, absolutely. I, I feel like we have more than four safeties that are capable of giving us a winning effort. But, uh, it, you know, those are the four best right now in, in my evaluation. And the, 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 the timing of the substitutions were such that any time we got in the middle of the field, I wanted to make sure that Hanneman and, and Nakua had a chance to come out and give me some feedback on what's going on on the field and, and why the opponent was driving, and then also give them a chance to get their breath. Uh, in talking to both of the starters, they appreciated it a lot. And results-wise, 
every time uh, Takanaka and Hadley got on the field, uh, we got out of the drive, and, and we never had to bring back in the starters. So those, those two guys graded out, played really well as backups. And uh, Hadley, one of your safeties, had one of the biggest plays of the game for BYU on special teams. And uh, he had a 29-yard kickoff return. It was his first kickoff return at BYU. And it started off that game-winning drive in just the right way. It was a big, it was a big return. It sure sure was. And if, you, you know, if there's any football junkies out there, I'm sure there are listening, one of the fun things to do is to pull up Matt Hadley's high school highlight film on the Internet. Just Google his name. and Thousands of yards. Oh, yeah. It was, he was an outstanding running back. And, and really, he's, he's one of, there's always very few athletes on a team who kind of carry their weight in the lower half of their body, low center of gravity. He, he really can do a lot of different things for us. I'm sure he could play six or eight positions on offense and defense. And, he also made a great tackle on on one of their uh, punts, where the returner didn't. He don't. Their returner only ended up getting four yards, but he kind of broke out to the outside, and and Matt was out there, made a nice open field tackle. He's a real weapon for us in multiple phases of the game. The Hadley brothers can play some ball, can't they? They sure can. Yeah, football is important to him. He's, you know, I have him in my meeting room every day. He's a joy to coach. It's an honor to coach him, and he takes the game very seriously and his approach very seriously. After 13 games as a starting corner last season, how'd you like Micah at uh, safety? Really, his athleticism, um, his comfort level during a game, he's not one of these guys that, that gets in the game and then and then changes his abilities. I think he rises to the occasion. He's a lot like Kai in that situation. Both of those guys, I, I need to do a better job of coaching them um, technically because they rely so much on feel and instinct. And They're the kind of guys that they may have never played racquetball in their life, and you can throw them on a racquetball court and they'd probably be pretty decent. You know, That's just the type of athletes they are. But um, they can they can even get better than they were on Saturday. From Twitter, hashtag CCBYU, does Coach Lamb feel an extra sense of pride seeing ID and Norman win starting spots after transferring from Southern Utah where you were the head coach? Um, I'm, it's more, for me, it's more on a, on a personal level of just seeing them achieve their goals. But, you know, after being with these guys at BYU for six months, I, I think my answer to that question would change, you know, because now I know all the offensive linemen and, and I, it's not necessarily rooting for, for one guy over the other I'm glad on a personal level that it's worked out for them but uh, you know they, they've got to continue to earn that that opportunity to start and keep that starting job and continue to help us win a uh, light-hearted question from JP Snyder he says coach Sataki won't hate the Utes can coach Lamb fill that role <laughs> you, you know it, I don't have I hate to put everything in my own frame of reference but since that's the question you know I, I've just never um, I've, I've never gotten much out of hating the opponent um i've gotten a lot more in my playing and coaching career out of respecting the opponent i had a great level of respect with coach mcbride when he was the head coach at weber and i was at southern utah and then there was a mutual respect between jay hill and i who, who came up together in the sport as players and and so i i think that to me it's more of a motivator to to you know kick my brother's butt than it is some stranger or some guy that I'm, you know, seething and hating. And, uh, you know, there's respect, and at the end you still love each other, and I, I think that's the idea, at least at least my approach. You played here at BYU. You've been away from BYU coaching for a number of years. Uh, what's your approach to the, the rivalry from a big-picture perspective? How important is it to BYU? Should it be to both schools? And uh, and uh, do you get an extra charge out of, out of Utah game week? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you asked that follow-up question because it's it's not in any way just another game. It means everything for recruiting purposes. Um, there's a, like I said, I think the closer that you can be to your opponent, um, in the case of like, like I talk about growing up wrestling your brother or something like that, the closer you can be, then the more intenseness there is. And um, 
all of our players know each other. They've all played against each other in high school, or at least a, a large majority of them have. There's cross connections between the coaching staffs. And, yes, there is there is definitely something extra on the line here, but it's in my opinion, it's not hate. Question from Twitter on uh, hashtag CCBYU. By the way, the game this Saturday, 3.30 radio pregame and a 5.30 kick for BYU in Utah. Speaking of BYU in Utah, as soon as I get off the air with Coach Lamb, I'm going to the hill. We've got BYU women's soccer this afternoon, 3 o'clock pregame and 3.30 kick for the Cougars and Utes up in Salt Lake City. That's today right here on ESPN 960, a little cross-promotion. All right. Uh, from Twitter, Devin Burr asking, uh, can Coach Lamb comment on the value of Johnny Linehan to the team? Sure. Yeah, uh, multiple from multiple aspects. Um, number one, he's a he's another guy that, that takes his craft tremendously seriously. He's, he's very proud of being the very best punter he can be. And he's not shy about that. I mean, from, from things like his, you know, kind of goofy music video during the summer. But there was some sincerity in that. And he, you know, he takes pride in being a punter and bringing the best punting that he can to our team. Um, he also brings an athleticism. He's able to press the pocket and manufacture a little bit of extra hang time when the opponent sells out for a return and doesn't bring enough rush. And he's tremendously accurate with his sky kicks, as we saw. We, we really should have downed four inside the five-yard line. And we got two of them, which is tremendous, and you often don't see that. Over the course of several games, you may not see two inside the five-yard line, but we can get better, especially with Johnny's uh, talent, at getting down there and downing those punts. Now, one of uh, Daniel Sorensen's strengths for BYU, Danny now a mainstay as a Kansas City Chiefs safety right now. And I'll just go on a tangent for a quick second. Daniel Sorensen was not a guy you coached, but you're aware of him. To get to where he's gotten as as a guy in the two deep in the NFL for as long as he's been, it's a big-time deal for BYU. Absolutely, yeah. And, and I've had a chance to, to meet him a few times with my capacity at BYU. But uh, prior to that, he you know his brother Brad, Brad Sorensen was a great quarterback yeah, for us. Right. And still, I think he was just kept by the uh, – by the Vikings last week. Um, and then I think they're both very similar in their approach. Again, football guys that, that if you told them that eating a, a microwave plate of dog crap is going to make them a better football player, and they believed it, they may do it. And, uh, and so a tremendous level of respect for what Danny's accomplished and the legacy that he leaves. And the safeties, at least in my meeting room, they're, um, they're definitely set on, on being the best they can be, and in part because of that legacy that he's left. So I bring up Danny because when he was at BYU – he was the designated downer. Uh, there was no one better at, uh, at at making sure he knew where he was, where the goal line was, finding the ball and catching it on the fly, if not off a bounce. He was an expert at it. Seems like Michael Davis might be your downer right now, and he got two of them. Maybe got a little uh, discombobulated on one or two, but uh, is that the guy you're going to kind of go with to get that done? He's so good at getting off the line of scrimmage, getting down the field with speed, and he's got long levers, able to, to reach out and, and grab the ball. Zane Anderson, I think, can show up more from the other side. He was playing the left gunner uh, that night, and I think he maybe didn't realize until some of those showed up on video how much he could have been involved in that. So I think between those two guys, we'll have good success moving forward. All right, certainly worked out well. Johnny was dropping him inside the 10 uh, all night, and Johnny on the night ends up 6 for 274, average of 45.7, long of 51, and that, again, is with placement involved as well. Uh, we'll come back. It is more with uh, Coach Ed Lamb. This is the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner. We're at JCW's in Provo on ESPN 960 and Facebook Live. Back in a minute. What are the, the Coordinator's Corner is powered by Legend Solar. Online at legendsolar.com. Let's get back out to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, at JCW's on ESPN 960 and the new skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. Go ahead. 
at JCW's in Provo. Final segment of the Coordinator's Corner here on ESPN 960 and Facebook Live. Great to have you with us. BYU fans, join us every Monday from 12 to 1 right here. We'll have a coordinator in each of the half hours from 12 to 1. We had Ty Detmer the first 30 minutes. We're with Ed Lamb right now in the second 30. Coach Lamb is BYU's special teams coordinator in addition to being assistant head coach and safeties coach. Time for an IM flash flashback. We're going to go to November 25th, 2006, trailing Utah by 10 points, entering the fourth quarter and down 31-27 with under 90 seconds to play. BYU drives 75 yards in 10 plays with the final play on the final play of the game. A John Beck to Johnny Harleen touchdown pass from the 11-yard line. The Cougars come back to defeat the Utes 33-31. That's today's I Am Flash flashback. I Am Flash making memory that makes the world mobile. Got a question or a comment, actually, that came in from uh, Matt Corey on Facebook. We are on Facebook Live, the BYU Football Facebook page. He says, Coach Lamb is such a huge pickup for the coaching staff, head coach experience, BYU guy, and tough as nails. Good get, Kalani. Now, I use that comment to simply segue into you to get your thoughts about being back at BYU. You played here in the mid-'90s, and now and you had some previous GA assistant coaching uh, uh, time here, but now on the staff in this capacity uh what's it like to be what's it like has it been to be back um it, it's a blessing for me it's a it's a new experience and one that i was seeking i felt like that we'd we'd brought the southern utah program a long way and and uh guys were committed to that goal for an incredibly long time and i could feel um toward toward the end of my time there with and uh, with winning you know we at first the aspiration was to earn our way into the big sky and then and then that was a big deal and then winning the big sky was a big deal and I just I just felt like there were new challenges out there for me so I still miss my my job at SUU sometimes but um, I'm so happy to be at BYU I believe in Kalani I believe in the direction of the program I believe in BYU and and it's very important to me this, that they're successful whether I'm here or not so it's it's an honor to be a part of it you carry three titles currently safeties coach uh, special teams coordinator and assistant head coach. Of that last one in particular, how would you describe the set of responsibilities when it comes to being Kalani's assistant head coach? You know, I try to offer w- what I can. Um, I think I think the assistant head coach, at least in terms of the things I do, w- may be less and less as time goes on. It might be something that we reinvent. But, I mean, just, just looking at the last 48 hours or so before the game, I, I had some notes made for Kalani on on meeting with the officials. That's something that a head coach does. That as a coordinator, you don't really get a sense for that. And I just prepared him for what they would probably ask him, and and what he may want to ask them. And and then you know what he's really good at. He's very humble, and so he he'll listen. And then he probably took some of his own ideas uh, and and into that meeting and and did things his way. And during the game, I'm you know with some game management decisions, we're talking together on the headset. And in the end, he you know his decision is final. And and. Possibly over the next few years, uh, there'll be less and less of that conversation as he finds his strike zone and, and what he wants to do. From Facebook Live, uh, Cordell Morris said, Ed, we miss you in Cedar City in southern Utah, but glad you're coaching at BYU. Great job against Arizona. Chris Cunningham out of Facebook says, well, we see a different play set this week for the game. How much? And, of course, we're going to be general here, but uh, from week to week, uh, how much do you think – we saw against Arizona that might uh, be similar or different to the next week or weeks to come. Sure, yeah, there's there's always definitely, you know, the majority of what we do offense, defense, and kicking game is always going to be uh, based on our philosophical foundations and what we believe right, in. Two but minutes. There's no question that taking a look at, at the opponent and their strengths and weaknesses will dictate 
uh, how much we pull out of our playbook that's new each week or at least uh, something that maybe we haven't shown in the previous few weeks. Are you one of the guys that is already looking at Utah video on the flight back, or do you give yourself some decompression time to kind of restart things Sunday, Monday? Yeah, well, you know, generally we start looking at the next opponent on Wednesday or Thursday of the previous week. And, uh, you know, the, obviously with game one it's, it's hard to do that, but we can look back at last season. But there's not a day that's gone by that I haven't looked at, uh, at our next opponent all of last week, even if it was going back to last year. So you're focusing on that week's opponent and the next week uh, at the same time. Yeah, that's that's really never never kind of standard me. for you. Yeah, it's standard for me, and, and and I've heard coaches say they don't want to get distracted and things like that. But you know, I, I, everybody everybody's got things going on in their life between family and career and whatever they're accomplishing spiritually and in their community. And and I think uh, looking at a few opponents at the same time doesn't bother me one bit either. Now that you've done that and had a good feel for Utah, what will be some of the primary challenges Saturday on the hill? Um. Certainly, uh, I think just just playing from an overall team standpoint, we've got to be ready to play on the road in a hostile environment. BYU fans did a tremendous job of making um, our last game not a hostile environment. It was a friendly environment. It felt like a home game many times. Um, we've got to be able to overcome that in all three phases, particularly on offense with our communications pre-snap. And then uh, our defense and, and offense need to understand that seconds. after one game, we don't have an identity, and our kicking game needs to get better. All right, those are some things to look for Saturday on the Hill. It'll be a 3.30 radio pregame, a 5.30 kick for BYU and the University of Utah. The rivalry renewed up on the Hill. Well, great show 15. we had today, folks. We're glad you're with us, and we'll see you again next Monday from 12 to 1 for the Coordinator's Corner. Our thanks seconds. to Coach Ty Detmer, to Coach Ed Lamb. We'll say so long for today. This has been the Legend Solar Coordinator's Five Corner seconds. on ESPN 960 and Facebook Live. So long. This is All right, thank you.